Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. All right, let's get going here. Come on, let's do something. Mike Kapler, my name. Joel Brzezinski is with me. And he's my podcast partner on this thing we call Growing in Grace, all of our programs at growingingrace.org. And Joel, uh, maybe you can take just a moment to um, fill people in on, because I had somebody asking me today, an elderly gentleman asking me today at a breakfast we were at, when this airs, it's going to be several weeks ago, but he was asking what a podcast was, you know, it's had to explain it's basically a radio broadcast, but you listen to it on the internet instead of on the radio. But for for people who don't think about it or forget about it, they can subscribe and be reminded of the new podcast is out when it when it does release each week, right? Yes, you can. You can, um, you know, the old days you would hear a program on the radio and you'd get out your typewriter and put a sheet of paper in there and you'd type up a letter and put it in an envelope and send it to us and then eventually you might get back to you. But things have changed just a little bit over the years. And indeed, you can find everything uh, that we do at growingingrace.org. And you can indeed subscribe to the podcast, which if you go to growingingrace.org, you'll find something that says subscribe. You'll have many choices there. You can subscribe by email. So indeed, whenever a a new podcast is posted, you'll be notified by email. And there are other ways that you can be notified as well. So just check out the different options there. You can also subscribe on uh, iTunes. And if you have an Android phone, you can also uh, subscribe with Google Play Music. If you have any any of the podcasting apps, just search for Growing in Grace, and you'll find the one with Mike and Joel, and just subscribe to that, and you you can download them all to your smartphone or tablet or whatever. So lots of different ways to uh, find out what we're up to and, and hear the podcast. So we sure appreciate you doing that and uh, spreading the word for that as well. All right. Maybe you're one of these Radical Grace people like us, and you've been accused by some some church folk of getting caught up in something they might define as cheap grace, greasy grace. Can you think of any other terms, Joel? What am I forgetting? Hyper grace. Hyper grace. Um, sloppy <laughs> uh, agape. Yeah, there's probably some other ones out there, but basically they're warning you about the dangers of grace. And in, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be uh, talking about the hyper-grace accusers and, and uh, what kind of fruitless discussion uh, they put forth by trying to warn grace people about dangerous grace. you got people out there who say there's good grace, and then there's this hyper-grace or cheap grace, and they accuse people of going crazy on grace. And, and you need a balance, right? You need a balance. So they start warning you about grace. Look, there, there's no good grace well, there is good grace, but what I'm saying is there's, there's not good grace and bad grace. There's grace. But legalists will try to communicate some things that will put some fear into you because fear motivates people, right? Yeah, you got to watch out for that. Grace is good. Regular grace is good. But you got to out, watch out for that hyper grace because they're, they're going to an extreme and you got to have a balance. And so one of the things that they'll 
caution. I hate to see this, Joel, because I, I see so many people come into grace. I mean, they, maybe they've been a Christian for a long time, but they've been struggling with it, you know, and, and wondering where they stood with God and not understanding their identity in Christ and all of these things that the work is finished, that Jesus did everything that was necessary on our behalf. They're now finding out about this unconditional love, right? Then all of a sudden, these not the enemy, not the devil, but church people, well-meaning church people come along and start trying to take away the seed that was planted about all of these good things that God did for us through Jesus Christ. It's really a shame. And, and one of the things that they'll throw out at people is uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine or sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths or fables, depending on the translation that you're reading. Now, one thing I want to point out here is this word myths, M-Y-T-H-S. Again, New King James or something like that might say fables, but it's the same Greek word that Paul used in his first letter to Timothy. So he's getting toward the end of his second letter to Timothy here, and he's reminding him of something that he'd already brought up in the very beginning of his first letter to Timothy. And, and I'm going to touch on this and then get Joel in here, but here's what he said in the first letter. And I, I want you to listen carefully because Paul uses the same word here that he just used there about the, the itching ears. And he says, uh, I, okay, I'm going to Macedonia. You remain at Ephesus so that uh, you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. We're going to find out what that is here in just a second nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Myths, fables, endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. By faith, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered into vain discussion or myths, fables, endless genealogies, and, and what is that? What does that lead them to? They are desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So what is it that causes itching ears? It's people who want to be told what to do. It's not about extreme grace, which, you know, people pull out of midair that just doesn't exist. Uh, Joel, I got to get you in here on this. Yeah, well, that's a fable. It's a myth. <laughs> Extreme yes, grace. Yes. <laughs> and yes, it's true. So true. Yeah. You, and you're talking about how, you know, people get saved by grace through faith and everything's wonderful and happy and everything's all good because they're getting to know Jesus. And then, like you said, the not the devil, but the church comes along and messes them up, to put it in my own words, with all these different things. And what is it, like you're saying here, it's putting them back under commandments. And you see this a lot in the church today, people desiring to be teachers of the law, when actually what Paul has said is that in Christ, we're dead to the law. The law had a purpose to shut mouths and and uh, make people guilty, and point to Christ. But now in Christ, it's not about a life of law. But what happens is that you have people in the church desiring to be teachers of the law, and it actually leads people away from faith, because the law is not of faith. Paul says that expressly, the law is not of faith. 
And so these are the things that are turning people away from faith. It's the people who are desiring to be teachers of the law. And just a little bit later in that same epistle, Paul's first epistle to Timothy, in chapter 4, he says, and check this out. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, and speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, I used to hear that taught in church, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, see, they're sinning. They're just going out and sinning, and so their conscience is just is being seared because they're steeped in so much sin. But what does Paul say really here? Who are those who have their own conscience seared with a hot iron? It says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Basically, these people are trying to be teachers of the law. They're trying to tell people you can do this and you can't do that. It's all these rules that they're trying to get people to live by. That is what is leading people away from the faith that is what is searing these people's conscience with a hot iron. It's all these rules. It's, it's trying to get people to live by rules and regulations, when in Christ, we simply live by faith. Great point there. Uh, and that was from First uh, Timothy 4, First right? Timothy 4, yeah. You know, if we're trying to connect some dots here, Colossians chapter 2, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and build up in him, established in, not the law, but the faith. <laughs> the law is the opposite of faith. The law is not a faith. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the uh, elementary principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision, uncircumcision of your flesh. God God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And then he goes on to say this, it kind of ties into what you were just talking about. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So let no one dis disqualify you insisting on the worshiping of angels, uh, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by uh, their sensuous mind, not holding fast to the head. If with Christ you died to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit yourself to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, according to human precepts and teachings. These, and I get this now, and it ties into everything we've been talking about here from Timothy and so forth. These have, indeed, an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and uh, neglect of the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And so, the people with the itching ears aren't people who are looking for some easy grace teaching. It's people who need to sit there, and I'm not saying that they aren't Christians. I'm not saying they aren't believers. I'm just saying there's a, a type of, at least uh, in our minds, a departure of faith, an abandoning of faith, and moving back into trying to be established by works. And, and they are, again, opposite ends of the spectrum here. 
People love to sit there in church and say, I'm tired of hearing about grace. Tell me what I need to do. And Joel, we know a pastor. I remember this pastor several years ago telling me when he he began to teach more about the unconditional love and the true righteousness of Jesus Christ in us through grace. When he started teaching that, he started getting approached by people in his church saying that they're getting kind of bored with it. Uh, They think you're going on too much about this thing with God's love. They want to be told uh, some other instruction some other things that they can grow in, that they need to be working on, things that they need to be doing. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is It is crazy. And I remember myself being at that same church, hearing grace being taught week after week after week, and I feeling so full and, and just feeling so satisfied in Christ, totally different than what other people were hearing and, or, and were feeling and were experiencing and wanting. Let me just read what, uh, as we end this week, uh, Paul said in, in Acts 20, 32, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That's what grace does. It builds you up gives us this inheritance among all of those who are sanctified. And so we'll, we'll talk about hyper-grace next week and just how, how these people who accuse us of teaching too much grace uh, are really the, the ones who are missing out on this wonderful Word of God uh, that Paul has commended to people. Uh, so let's talk about that next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.